Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. The sons of the prophets were sitting before him, and he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot, and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. Whew, I feel the Holy Ghost. And one went out into the field to gather herbs and, and, and found a wild vine, gathered there of wild gourds his lap full, and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they grew them, for they knew them not. I'm sorry, for they knew them not. And so they poured out for the men to eat, and it came to pass as they were eating of the pottage, they cried out and said, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. But he said, Then bring meal. And cast it into the pot and said, Pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. I want you to look at verse number 40. You know, sometime in the last three and a half years I've preached from this passage don't really know exactly when or where or or what I titled anything I do things a little different than I used to used to do it all on a computer and go back and look at it but now I, I handwrite everything feels different that way but I felt the Holy Ghost bring me back to this passage for today I want us to look at verse number 40 where it says, O thou man of God, there is death in the pot, and they could not eat thereof. I want to talk to you for just a little while on that thought, death in the pot. Jesus, I thank you for this moment. Thank you for what you've already done. God, I stand before you in all humility. I know, Lord, I am incapable, I am unable to do what needs to be done today. But I ask you to clothe me right now in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you'll take me beyond my own understanding into the spirit realm. God, I pray you will fill my mouth. I pray you'll direct my thoughts. Take over the reins, Lord. Lead me even now. I pray, God, that you'll drive this home today. I pray the end result, Lord, will be a fresh move of your spirit. Let our hearts be prepared. Let us be captivated and arrested by what the Holy Ghost does right here and now. Be with us, almighty God. We'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Before you're seated, ask somebody, is there death in your pot? Is there death in your pot? Or somebody thinks we're talking about the kind of pot you can smoke. We ain't talking about that. There's death in that too, but we're talking about a big old pot, the great pot. I want you to look with me real quick. If you'll let me, can we lay just a little bit of groundwork for this message today? First of all, in verse 38, we find that Elisha, whose very name means God is salvation, Elisha came to Gilgal, this place 
that the name means wheel. It was a hub. It was a center for things. It was a, a place that a lot of things circled. This place of Gilgal that, was, that Elisha came to, the Bible says there was a dearth or a famine in the land. And it was there as Elisha came that the sons of the prophets gathered unto Elisha. And Elisha wanted to be hospitable. He wanted to be a good host. And he, he said, hey, you know, let's, uh, he told his servant to go get a great pot and let's make pottage for these sons of the prophets. These sons of the prophets were, were, if you would, they would be considered disciples. They were followers of Elisha, disciples of the Lord, but yet followers of Elisha and called sons of the prophets. Verse 39, we find that as one of them went out to, gra- to gather herbs, and he went out looking, he saw a wild vine, and on this wild vine were growing gourds, or what we would consider to be a cucumber family. It was uh, large, large gourds that were growing, and the servant didn't know what it was, but it was green and lush, and it looked good, and so he grabbed the gourds, and he grabbed the, the, the vines, and, and he took them back to be, begin to prepare the pottage. First of all, I know that most of us in this place especially living in the southern part of the United States, we don't prepare pottage, do we? Or at least we don't call it pottage. Never heard my wife say, hey, let's have pottage tonight. Wouldn't know what she's talking about if she did say that to me. But if she said, hey, I'm going to fix some vegetable soup. Now, first of all, little disclaimer to you. I'm not a huge fan of vegetable soup unless it comes with some meat. And I don't know what you call that other than beef stew. Are you, are you hearing me? But, but anyways, that's just me. I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. But, but the pottage was a soup or, or a stew, and it was that that was mostly that of what would be made from vegetables. In verse number 39, we also see that as he, he didn't know what this was, what these vines were, what the pottage was. He wasn't aware of it, but he began to shred this into the pottage. If I need to switch mics, just let me know. In verse number 40, we find that after he shredded all in that big old pot, that he then, he began to cook it and to boil it down, and he took it over, and then he fed it to, he, he served it up to all the sons of the prophets. I don't know how many bites they got, brother, but somewhere in the, in the beginning stages, one of them said, there's death in the pot. How many of you cooks in here would uh, just about get upset if somebody got up from your table and, and said, oh my goodness, it tastes like death. I mean, it's, it's so bad. Oh, it's awful, you know, raking your tongue off and, and drinking, going, sticking your head in the toilet be better than drinking the water be better than eating of that pottage of death. Those sons of the prophet says there's death. There's death in the pot. And Elisha then calls to him, he says, bring meal. And so they brought meal, which meal is flour, and they cast it into the pot, and it was there in the pot that he told them, or after they had put the meal in the pot, that he said, pour it out for the people that they may eat. And verse 41 says, there was no more harm or disease or hurt in the pot. Death in the pot. 
I've thought about a number of different things in this story God would want to talk to us about, but I want us to zero in for just a moment, at least to start with, on the fact that the servant unknowingly, yet willingly, shred up something harmful into the pot of soup. He didn't know what it was, but yet he was willing to shred it into the pot. This wild vine of gourds he thought to be harmless, but it brought death to the pot. Should the sons of the prophets, should should they have not been willing to declare there's death in the pot, then perhaps somebody would have gotten awful sick. Somebody could have even died from what was being served to them. In this same way today, I want to ask you, How many disciples of Christ in 2023 are picking off the wild vines of an evil world, picking up the wild gourds of a godless culture and casting them into the pots of their lives and of their families, of their children, of their marriages? How many Christians today are living continually spiritually sick, spiritually dehydrated, on their way to fully backsliding into a spiritual death because they're cooking up a pot of death? Now, I've looked into what a wild gourd, the sickness that it can cause, and Let's just say uh, extreme digestive issues. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So extreme, it leads to dehydration. How many of you are following me today? I don't have to go any further into that, do I? Because we all understand what we're saying right there. But in this same way, I believe that there are many that are allowing things into the pot of their lives that is causing and keeping them spiritually sick. The interesting and possibly most important part of the story is verse 39, for they knew them not. Truth is, if if that young servant went back out at a later time, and it was his job to prepare the pottage, I don't know, he may have got fired right then. I I should have said, you're done, but you're not cooking another thing. I don't know who will, but not you. I, I don't know what happened, but I imagine... If he went back out into that area again and he saw them wild gourds and wild vines, that he didn't grab it up and bring it back to shred it into pottage, into the pot for pottage, because he knew the harm and the danger that was in it. You see, they failed in the moment to have the knowledge wild gourds are poisonous. In this same way, Hosea said it like this in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. The words of the Lord, he said, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. 2 Corinthians 2 and 11, the apostle Paul said, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not what? Ignorant of his devices. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 1, John said this, beloved, believe not every spirit, but what? But what? Try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone into the world. Listen to me now. Now, I've come in here today for revival, but I I made a statement last night, and I want to say it again this morning, that revival starts with repentance. And the truth is, today there may be some things in all of our lives that we have to repent over today to get where the Lord wants to take us to and to experience all that He wants to do. 
Now, for those that maybe shudder when I use the word repentance, I want you to understand what the, what the wisest man that ever lived next to Jesus said in Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. He said, the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. You see, I believe there's nothing that I can say after this point that is, is going to matter to you if you don't have the fear of the Lord in your life. After I go past this moment right here, nothing really matters if you don't fear God. But if you fear God today, I want you to listen to me. If you don't fear God, you better get your heart right because let me just tell you something, two things, eternity is at the door. Either Jesus is about to come back, rapture his church off this earth, or your life is but as a vapor that appears for a little while. I want you to believe today that we serve a God of mercy, but in the same way he's a God of mercy, he's also a God of judgment. And the Bible tells us that God will in no wise clear the guilty, but he will visit the iniquities to the third and fourth generation. What are you saying, preacher? That if you think you can sin, and get away with it. Friend, you, there, you're going to have an awakening day. I just pray it's not when you're standing in front of the Lord and have to hear Him say, Depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. I never knew you. See, I believe if we had a revival of the fear of God again, people would be faithful to church. Can I say that one more time? If we'd have a revival of the fear of God again, people would be faithful to church. I don't know if this mic is working this morning. Let me try one more time. If we'll have a revival of the fear of God again, people will be faithful to church. Some of you weren't ready for that. You see, there must be a desire within you to please God. There must be a desire within you to be holy. There must be a desire within you to be a vessel of honor. The fear of the Lord causes us to want to live right, to want to talk right, to want to walk right. Why? Because we understand He is a God of mercy, but He's also a God of judgment. Because we understand He is a holy God, therefore we must be holy. Because we understand today that the only way to not be guilty and, and, and finding ourselves spending an eternity in hell and one that ends up deserving death and judgment in our life is to take on the righteousness of Christ. Hear me today and understand. Even the Apostle Paul declared that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. He said, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Brother Steve, in ourselves we're not good enough. In ourselves we can't be holy enough. Matter of fact, Isaiah said that our righteousness is but as what? But as filthy rags. We can't be good enough. But I fear God enough to know if there's sin in my life, I better get it under the blood. I better get forgiveness of it and take the righteousness of God back on in my life. How many folks find themselves living in 2023 going to church and listening to pastors that won't preach on sin? 
that won't preach on ungodliness and wickedness in these last days. Hear me, church. I'm not one of those that's going to water it down to you and tell you you can live however you want to live and still make it to heaven. That's a lie birthed out of the pits of hell. I've come to tell you, you better get a revival of the fear of God in your life and live righteous before a holy God. See, that being said, how many today are allowing death to be put into the pot of your life? If you re- how many of you received a piece of paper during service? I want to ask this section over here. In this section over here, and any in the back, actually, no, not in the back, but just these two sections. You know what? I'm not going to do that. Brother Marshall, you got, did you get a piece of paper? I want you to write on that piece of paper. The most powerful word you can think of that brings death to your spiritual life. You're the only one I want to do it. I want everybody else to write the most powerful name that you know on the earth. The powerful name that you know ever. Write it down. Today, help me, Lord. (laughs) You see, many have allowed the wild gourds of life to be shred into the pot. Many have allowed that, and it's caused such bitterness. It's caused such issues. I just want to know if somebody set the alarm for when it was time for the preacher to quit preaching. Well, let's do it this way. If that had been the trumpet sounding, how many of you are ready to go? If that had been the trumpet blowing right now, how many of you, if you wasn't ready to go, friend, let me tell you where you better get. You better run to the altar. Lord saying today that the preacher is sounding the alarm. The preacher's telling you the truth. The preacher's trying to give you the good news today. There's an alarm that is sounding up in the house this morning. You better get your heart right. Eleven twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, but preacher, it was just a small gourd. It was just a little bit of a gourd. That's why Solomon said in the Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse fifteen, "Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, 
for our vines have tender grapes. You see, the greatest danger in 2023 are those who don't know what it is, yet willingly put it into the pot. Those that don't even know what it is, but yet it's in your life. Those that don't know the danger, those that don't know the substance, but yet you're allowing it in your home. You're allowing it in your life. You're allowing it in your children's life, and it's being put in the pot. Are you hearing me? I want to talk to you for just a moment about the influences of 2023. You see the word influence is from the Latin word influentum. And that Latin word, because when we think of influence, we, we, we think of a lot of different things, right? Somebody that has influenced you, made a difference in you, inspired you. But the Latin word influentum means flowing in. So I want us to talk about the influences today of 2023. The things the enemy wants flowing in to our pot. I want to share just a little bit with you this morning, if the Holy Spirit will allow me to, and, and, and do it as quickly as possible. But I want to talk about influences. I want to start with the entertainment industry. A $700 billion a year industry. $97 billion of that is pornography. But this industry is continually entertaining the minds and the hearts of humanity. This industry is led by Hollywood moguls that have created their own value system that has reconstructed America. Their own value system that has influenced society. You can search this yourself and you'll find that Hollywood values are a flagrant disrespect for abstinence, a disrespect for marriage, especially between a man and a woman, a disrespect for fidelity or faithfulness in marriage, a disrespect for patriotism, a disrespect for Christianity, for accountability, for the military, for family responsibilities, for hard work, humility, decency, and honesty. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Instead, Hollywood values promote narcissism or it's all about self. Drug use, alcohol use, cigarettes and, and vapes, abortion, promiscuity, adultery, pornography, homosexuality, murder, hatred, unforgiveness, paganism, Satanism, Wicca, liberal, woke ideology and agenda. That is what is coming out of Hollywood values. And how many folks grab a hold of those wild gourds and shred it into their pots? Can I borrow a knife, Gavin? Is it real sharp, Gavin? Fairly sharp, okay. Watching the movies, watching things we shouldn't watch, and shredding things into the pot. The entertainment industry is raising the children of America. 
You don't have to amen me on any of this if you don't want to, but I'm going to still give it to you. Parents leave the movies to raise their children, and the movie itself may be good, but I'm going to tell you, Hollywood realized real quick, like, that we can't just put it in the movies, we got to put it in the commercials too. And so even sitting in front of a flat screen television, a child will see, watching, watching some kid's movie, a child can see in a commercial break two men holding hands, two men kissing each other. I don't know if, if we're going to make it through this today. I think we will. i, I got to keep going. I don't have time to slow down. But movies, TV shows, wild gourds. I know some don't want to hear this, but there's another industry, and it's called the music industry. To the tune of $25.9 billion a year. I thought it'd be a lot more than that, but that's what, it, what the... It's what online said. You know, everything's true online. <laughs> See, we don't want to think about that music has an influence, an inflow into our spirit. But the reason some folks find themselves uh, uh, struggling so hard and so awful spiritually is because they're allowing things like uh, the music they're listening to that is, is filled with stuff about drinking and sleeping around and all this stuff. That's what you're listening to every day. And guess what? You're just shredding those wild gourds into the pot of your life. It's no wonder some folks can't worship when they get up in here because they hadn't listened to worship music all week long. Well, I love how y'all are amening me now. Just want to tell you, see that mic right over there in that little truss? It's on. You know what that's called? That's an audience mic. You know whose mic that is? That's yours. You used to have one over here working. It don't want to work. So it wasn't all hooked up. But what that means is this. Whether you amen me or you don't amen me, I'm going to preach it, but you're going to be on record as sitting there. Let's talk about another industry, technology industry. Listen to this. To the tune of $5.2 trillion globally. Trillion dollars globally. The largest of all these that I will talk to you about today is the technology industry. Yes, I know we can break all these down and say, well, the entertainment industry feeds into the technology. Yes, it does. And the music industry feeds into the technology. Yes, it does. And at your fingertips today, many of you can take out what we now call a smartphone. And that smartphone, you can play movies, you can listen to music. It's all there in front of you. Can I just ask you today, and I know it maybe it's a play on words. Maybe it is. But can I ask you what Paul said in 2 Corinthians again, that we're not ignorant of Satan's what? Devices. What, what's that thing called in your pocket? Now, maybe it is a play on words. I, I don't know. But I, I, I think it, it, it almost seems ironic, doesn't it, that one of the things that seems to cause the greatest struggle and battle in people's lives, stealing their time, bringing them into strongholds, the wrong influences, the wrong inflow, the wild gourds being sown in their life. Satan said, if I can't get them to the movie house, I'll take it to them. If I can't get them to buy it out there, I'll take it to them. And it's there, and it's shredding into the pots of people's lives. 
even another industry called the social media industry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everybody just say, oh, me. Come on. Just go ahead. Just, just get caught. You can do the Mufasa thing if you want to. I know not everybody has social media, but most folks do. $13.3 billion industry a year. Facebook, Instagram, just stay with me now. We're going to preach in a minute, but we got to get through this. We're wading in these waters. We're wading, so stay with me. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, Pinterest, Snapchat, YouTube, Google+, Tumblr, Friendster, Meetup, Tagged, Badoo. I don't know what Badoo is, but it's got bad in it. That ought to be enough to tell you. You don't need to be. Badoo and Skyrock. My daughter... She's not well this morning, and she's hopefully watching my live stream, but she introduced me to another one yesterday. I don't even remember the name of it, but it's one that she's got on our phones together, all three of our phones together, and it seems like they're always coming up with something new. Everybody wants to act like, oh, there ain't nothing to that. You know, it's harmless, this, that, and the other. I'm gonna take, can I tell you what I believe is one of the number one things stealing people's prayer lives and, and their devotional time with God? Can I tell you what I believe it is? Do I need to tell you what it is? Somebody tell me. Now, it's one of two things it's either laziness or social media. It's either the lack of desire that causes a laziness or it's social media. If I could get folks praying like they watch the Facebook, ooh, I'm tell, some of you, just to prove a point, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but some of you have already checked what you posted this morning on Facebook just to see how many likes you got, just to see how many reads you got, just to see if anybody commented on it. It has created an addiction in people's lives. Can I tell you what the strongest muscle is because come in most folks body it's that thumb right there where they're continually scrolling 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 I don't maybe you do it with your pointer finger I don't know maybe you use a different finger I don't know but they sit there and video after video plays and plays and we stopped allowing our daughter to watch YouTube shorts even though what she was watching there was it was innocent but we stopped it because Satan uses that as a tool you want to know why we can't keep their attention when we want to sit down and have a family devotion because the flashing lights of social media and videos on their phone aren't there. Friend, we better wake up and realize the tools that are in the devil's arsenal and quit shredding them in the pot of our lives and our homes. My daughter got a new phone this past week because hers was crushed. She could see it, but my goodness, it was cracked all to smithereens. It was a cheap something we got years ago, a couple years ago, four, a year ago. I don't know how long, not long, a year ago. But I'll tell you what I did. I got it with so much regulation on it. 
I got it where she can't get on it before a certain time and she can't be on it after a certain time. I see her screen time. She wants to download an app. Daddy's got to authorize it. She wants to, she wants to get on there and, 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 and send a message to somebody. Daddy can find, I can see it. Mama can see it, can pull it up and see all these things. No phone call. Can't send pictures and things like that, especially after certain times. Pastor, you're just being too controlling. Let me tell you what I know. I was a youth pastor for like almost 15 years. And one thing I learned is that I will never underestimate the devil. My son sitting up here this morning is our youth pastor. And if he heard it one time, he heard it a dozen or more times in his life. Son, it's not you that I don't trust. I don't trust the devil. Parents, if you have given that phone over to your child and letting them do whatever they want to do without any checks and balances, any regulation, any, any controls whatsoever, you are asking for help hell to invade their lives and you're handing the wild gourds over to your child saying shred it in the pot if you want to if you're not careful it'll bring death into their life if you if if uh, anything was to ever happened to me and they had to go through my phone they would think I was a 12 year old girl I was looking at it this morning and I have a new app called hold on Super Stylist <laughs> do you want me to send you notifications don't allow I'm playing me I just open it I don't know what it is we'll have to check that one out it has something to do with fixing fixing beauty beauty pageant people. Social media is wrecking lives. I want to talk to you about another wild gourd. I don't mean this to be offensive to anybody here, but I must tell you the truth. There's another wild gourd that's in our culture today. And while there are a lot of great Christian people that are a part of this, including some of my family, the truth is the truth. And there's a wild gourd that's being shred into the pots of lives today, and it's our education system. Not everybody wants to hear this, but I want you to understand that in your child's science book, most likely the only thing that is in there is evolution. Creation theory, I'm saying theory because that's what they call it, is not in there. They don't say this is a theory and this is a theory. Oh, they used to, but not anymore. See, I used to have teachers that didn't, they didn't even teach evolution. But evolution is taught. My, my son, my daughter, I've seen their books. I've had to have conversations. I don't know that I'm finished having conversations. I, I, I could up in, end up down at the school board office 
wanting to know how I can get on the agenda for a meeting. See, I don't want to have nothing to do with all this. I, ha- I got, I ain't even going to get into that. But there's some things that I'm not going to get in the middle of. But when it comes to a spiritual battle of wanting to make sure, if, we're, if you're going to teach a, a theory called evolution down there, then at least give ample time for the what y'all call a theory of creation to also be taught so those children can hear that no, this theory says we didn't come from monkeys. This theory says we didn't just come from some paramecium that climbed up on a beach somewhere and grew legs and stood up tall and began to walk and eventually evolved from the monkey to monkey to ape to ape to gorilla. All of a sudden, uh, now we're men. Funny, we hadn't evolved in anything else but who we are. But no, what we believe is that God created man and God created a woman. Hallelujah. Let me go, let me go, let me, let me move. Our education system, and if you don't believe this, do your own research, but also intertwined within some of the curriculum, especially in the extracurricular stuff, they're allowing things, to, movies to be shown and books to be read and studied, and even in the libraries of our schools that present alchemy. Alchemy is is that of witchcraft. It is that of the occult. Look it up yourself. I understand the original science of alchemy was that of the study uh, of nature, the study uh, of the elements. I get that, but it isn't. That is not what it is today. Our education system is also teaching sexuality. They've taken this out of the hands of the parents, and they're teaching it in your schools. Listen to me, parents. They are teaching your child, if you're going to, it's okay to have sex, just have safe sex. Can I tell you something? This Word of God tells us something altogether different. It says to abstain from the fleshly lust, which war against the soul. We're living in a sad day and hour when we have to smuggle Bibles into the school but they're handing out contraceptives in the offices of the nurses. Are you hearing me today? Some, nobody may want to amen me to this, uh, in this today, but can I say to you, what we need is a revival of parents again and a look at their child and say, you need to save yourself for marriage. God's preparing somebody for you. Listen to me, young people. God's preparing somebody for you. Don't you give yourself away in the backseat of an automobile somewhere save yourself not only teaching that but they're teaching homosexuality is normal transgender is normal oh help me Holy Ghost the LGBTQIA I don't know what all of those stand for but it is being promoted today. Promiscuity. Sleeping around is okay. Just use protection. The schools have reestablished who the authority is, whereas back up 60 years ago, and the authority was God's Word. The Ten Commandments were taught in school. Our kid, the kids would pray in the mornings and they'd pray. I remember praying before we went to lunch. But today, you can't pray in school anymore like that. A teacher leads a prayer like that. A teacher writes a scripture on the, the whiteboard and they're going to lose their job. Are you hearing me today? That's the, no, Nobody wants to shout me down over these things, but the truth is the truth. We're, we're finding in this day and an hour, and I thank God my sister's a teacher, 
I've got cousins that are principals. I've got family that are involved in the schools and great friends. And thank God. And we got folks here that are teachers and a part of the school system. I want you to understand, you are the only hope of God being able to be shown the children that never get to church and never hear about Jesus. I know you may not can open your mouth and preach a sermon, but you can share the love of the Lord with them. Help me, Lord. Wild gourds. Do you know, I'm, I'm hurrying. Do you know, let's say, there is a group now called the Furries. Any of you heard of the Furries? And, and this is children that now identify as an animal. And they want to dress kind of like an animal. And they want to be called the name of an animal. That's how mixed up our society is. The, the doctors, the scientists today are saying, waiting on mom and dad. See, for, for thousands of years, whether it was a doctor or a midwife, it wouldn't take but one glance. And they like, oh, I know what this is. And they would tell the mama and the daddy, it's a boy. It's a girl. But here we are in this day and age that they're saying, we're going to let you tell us what you want this child to be. How do you want them to be identified? And for some, they won't identify them. They want to wait till they grow up a little bit. And then when they get a little bit older and they decide one day they want to be a girl, then they can be a girl. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? And now we got furries, kids walking around in the schools with tails and pointed ears and, and acting like dogs and animals. And the school system can't do anything about it because they're scared to death that the ACLU will march up in there and and to bring a lawsuit against them, God help us. Can I tell you what it's a sign of? It's the sign of a demonic stronghold in our education system. There's got to be a wake-up call. There's got to be an awakening. Parents, don't send your babies to school and not look and know where they're going, who their teachers are, what they're being taught because the enemy wants to sow wild gourds into the pot of their life. Uh, help me, Lord. I identify as a skinny, full-headed, 30-year-old man. <laughs> Living my... Wave my hair back and forth. Wave my hair back and forth. <laughs> but Steve, you've watched this decline for years, haven't you, brother? Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm hurrying. I'm almost there. Can I tell you another wild gourd? And some of you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyways, and that's athletics. Far too many parents have sacrificed their children on the altar of sports, 
hoping that, man, if we can just pour into them, teach them, if we can train them, if we can give them this lesson and that lesson, if we'll get in travel ball and we can travel all over and hopefully hopefully they're going to get it and somebody's going to see them and, and then they'll get a scholarship and they'll go play ball somewhere and most of the time that does not happen. So parents quit taking their kids to church on Sunday and they travel and go play ball. And then their child hits 13 and 14 years old and has went, I'm going to say it anyways, went through puberty and they're developing and now all of a sudden that girl's got eyes for boys and, and, and boys got eyes for girls and now all of a sudden, man, there is this train that is in motion now and things are happening and, and, and they want to, oh, we see that we need to get in church now and now it's too late. The child doesn't want to go to church and now when they do come to church, they sit with their arms folded and they're, they're mad because they're having to be there. Are you hearing me? Now, I know it's not all athletics it's other things but I've watched it and watched it and watched it through the years and I've seen it and it is a wild gourd that the enemy's bringing and people think it's innocent and it's all good it could be anything that is of a sport hunting, fishing, whatever it is that when we do it in place of serving God it's a wild gourd in our life maybe in and of themselves they're innocent but if it's out of its rightful place then friend it becomes a poison and a toxin in our lives are you here? me today and the reality is this God is wanting there to be a wake up call this morning that folks will realize that it's not softball isn't all that important and football isn't all that important when it's a life and death situation oh I wish I didn't have death in the pot kind of reminds me of what happened just a couple of weeks ago at an NFL ball game nine minutes into the somewhere into the game first quarter a man makes a hit and has a cardiac arrest on the field. Can I tell you what they didn't do? They didn't cart him over to the sidelines and say, come on, let's keep right on playing. This is okay. He'll be fine. It's all innocent. Do you know what happened? It shut the place down. And the decision, the question was, are we going to play or are we going to pray? And what happened was players started coming together of different colored uniforms. Isn't that amazing? That whenever it's... uh, a spiritual thing whenever the life is on the line it don't matter if you're red yellow black or white I just need you to join with me and pray and they started praying and right there he was resuscitated on that field and he was in he was in critical condition but I saw a picture of him this past week sitting up in a bed with oxygen on him can I tell you today there's a lot of folks that realize that sports just wasn't that important in that moment I know I gotta close are you still with me my phone's quit working wild gourds those things just seem to shred into the pot I'm going to give you another one this morning. Another wild gourd that I, I see today. I've seen it for so many years, and it's affected even some of my family through the years. And that's of prescription drugs. Hear me. 
Statistics show that 62% of all Americans take prescription drugs. I personally think it's higher than that, but that was the number I found. Don't worry about them. They, get, they, they got a, a family thing they're headed to. Mm. When folks have to take a pill to wake up in the morning, take a pill to function through the day, take a pill to go to bed at night, take pills they don't need, got a pill for everything, we got a pill for our blood pressure, we got a pill for our sugar, we got a, we got a pill for hair growth, we got a pill for dieting, we, we, we got a pill for our complexion, we got a pill for our toenails and fingernails, we, 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 got, we got this vitamin and we got that, I'm not against vitamins and stuff like that, but we're taking all this stuff and then wonder why our teeth rotten out our head. I'm going to tell you what I found out years ago. If I need that prescription medicine, if I take it only when I need it, it may be something I have to wean off of, according to the doctors. But it's not going to be a stronghold in my life. Let me give you proof. When I had my back surgery, I come out of that hospital taking oxycodone, oxycodone, tramadol, muscle relaxer, gabapentin, three 300 milligram capsules three times a day, something for nausea. And they had me on that, and they started weaning me off of that. And I can tell you, I've looked back at that time in my life, and I've questioned God about a lot of things. But I, last night, I did take an Aleve and an acid reducer. But I didn't take any Oxycontin, Oxycodone. I didn't take any Tramadol. didn't take a Gabapentin. didn't take any of those things. Why? Because I knew... That in the same way I've seen others, even family members that got hit, hooked on prescription drugs, that's exactly what the enemy wanted to happen in my life. And it's a wild gourd that's in people's lives. The last one I want to tell you about, I don't mean to be waving a knife around at you this morning. But still. The last one I want to tell you about is religion. It's a wild gourd. Come on, Brother Tim. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, he said there would be those that would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Don't, if you leave now, you're going you're to miss the best part. Don't leave me now. You're going to miss it. There would be those that would be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Listen to me. Do you know what the problem with a lot of folks are? It is our. It, it is our. <laughs> you know what the problem with a lot of folks is? <laughs> what it is. Religion. 
They've got a religious spirit about them. You know what the problem with a lot of churches is? Huh? Religion. A religious spirit. A form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Let me say it like this. If you come to church on Sunday and you don't live for God through the week, you're religious. That's a pretty simple way of looking at it. But if you're in love with Jesus, you're in relationship. You don't have religion. If you don't pray and study the Word of God from Sunday to Sunday, friend, you're religious. The devil's convinced you that you're all right. It's religious. See, when we look at all these things and we talk about all these things, we understand that ultimately it all leads to one thing in our life that comes, one thing that comes that brings death, one thing. James said it like this, that a man is enticed when he's drawn away of his own lust and when lust hath conceived, it brings forth death. When lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it what? Brings forth death. Bring me your paper, Brother Marshall. What did John say? All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. (laughs) All All of those things that are in the world, that's the stronghold. That's where the enemy wants to bring you, to bring you to one thing, and that is to sin. To bring you to one thing, and that is to a sinful nature in and of yourself. And it is that that is sinful, that when it goes in the pot, what it brings forth is death. Look at your neighbor and ask him real quick. Is there death in your pot? Brother Stephen Carter, would you stand up? Brother Zach, would you stand up? Brother Mo, would you stand up? Brother BJ, would you stand up? Would you guys collect all the papers that are, that are out here for me and bring, run them up here to me if you would? If sin is in the pot, friend, there will be death. And when we put things in the pot of our life, that is, that is the inflow of, of society. It's things that come because the enemy wants death in our pot. The end, re, end result is a sinful nature that will bring forth death. What's in your pot? What's in your pot? Is there death in your pot today? Pastor, I I need revival in my life. Is there death in your pot? Pastor, I need a, a move of the Holy Ghost in my home. Is there death in your pot? What, what is it? I mean, think about death for a second. It, thank you. It comes in many ways, but it it starts with depression. It starts with oppression. It invades your life, and it's meant to tear you down and to destroy you. How can we recover? How those uh, that 
those sons of the prophets, they called out on the prophet Elisha and said, there's death in the pot. And he turned to him, Brother Alvy, and he said, then bring me meal. Bring me meal. Bring me meal. Bring, bring me the meal. See, all the meal is, is just, it's flour. Grain meal. Did you know that that's the central ingredient of bread is, is that of, of grain meal or flour? Jesus said this. He said, I am the bread of what? Of life. I'm the bread of life. He also said that I am the resurrection and what? The life. He also said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So could it be that, that in this story, what represented that of meal? What represented that? Now my wife can take this and make some kind of gravy with it. Are you hearing me? But what represented that of meal actually represented that of Jesus as the bread of life. Now I, I don't know. I don't know what y'all wrote down as the most powerful name. But let me just see if I can name a few. Oh, there's one that says Jesus. Oh, Lord, help us. Let me find some. I can't. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Jesus. Oh. Oh, come on, Jesus. Give me another one. Is there another one? There's a Jesus Christ. There's a Jesus. There's another Jesus. Oh, would you bring me the meal? What are you bringing me, preacher? I'm bringing you Jesus. I'm bringing you Jesus. I'm bringing you Jesus. I'm bringing you Jesus. Hallelujah. What's going to turn it around in your life? His name is Jesus. What's going to make the difference in your life and in your home? His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. What's going to set you free from what's got you bound? His name is Jesus. He said, bring me the meal. And when they brought the meal to him, he cast the meal into the pot. And it was there in that pot. They begin to stir it up. Can I tell you today what some of you need is a stirring of the Holy Ghost in your soul to remember that the God you serve it's bigger than the devil you're staring down what you need today is Jesus what we need is Jesus give me Jesus give me Jesus come here baby I can't do it it's when we put Jesus in the pot can I tell you what the pot becomes Yeah, it's no longer a pot of death do you know what it is? It's a pot of life. Hallelujah. Woo! It's a, come here, Brother Marshall. It's a pot of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just going to have myself a little run away for just a second because can I tell you what Ponce de Leon needs? What Ponce de Leon needs is a bunch of folks that's got a pot of life. A bunch of folks that ain't got a pot of death. No. We got a pot of life. We got a pot of life. Woo! Let me give you a little bit of it. Come on. Let me sling you a little bit of Jesus today. Anybody want just a little bit of Jesus? Just a little bit of Jesus. 
know you want to get the death out of your life you want to get the death out of your home you want to get the death out of your marriage you want to get the death out of your children you need to add the bread of life into the pot Oh, I said you need to add the bread of life into the pot. Are you hearing me? I said you need to add the bread of life into the pot. There is a bread of life that's ready and waiting on you. Ready and waiting on you. You want to have a turnaround in your family? You need to add Jesus. You want to have a turnaround? You need to add the Lord into the mix of it. Give me that. Give me that. Oh, I'm just going to add some Jesus. Oh, I'm going to add some Jesus. Right in the middle of it all. Right in the middle of death. Right in the middle of depression. Right in the middle of it all. I'm going to add Jesus. Serving up the Jesus to some other folks. Are you hearing me? They poured out and the people did eat. So that means that you're going to take up that part of life. Get up. Come on. And you're going to pour out to somebody else. You're going to pour out. Go right back and pour, pour out to your sister Lori back there. You're going to pour out to somebody else. That's what's going to happen inside of you. Where all you've had is a part of death. Where all you've had is a part of discouragement and depression. But bless God now, you've added Jesus in the mix and he's turned it all around. And now you're pouring out to others. Now you're giving to others. somebody that's got some Jesus all over them. <laughs> Whoa! Can't miss somebody. Ah, you can't uh, miss somebody that's got Jesus uh, all over them. You can't miss somebody that's got Jesus. from that pot of death long enough. Isn't it time there's a turnaround? Isn't there? Oh! Isn't it time there's a turnaround in your life? I'm wounded. There's death. 
The devil's trying to destroy me in the middle of it all. There's death in the pot. What am I going to do? Bring me the meal. Bring me the meal. Bring me the meal. Bring me Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, bring me Jesus. My God, bring me Jesus. And I'm going to throw him in the mix of it all. Only thing I know to do today. Word says he inhabits the praises of Israel, praises of his people. So this morning, if you've been having to deal with a pot of death in any way, in your heart, in your home, in your family, in relationships, you individually, doesn't matter, whatever it may be, you're ready for that pot of death to give way to a pot of life that there's no harm in it. You're ready today to worship your Lord until heaven opens over you. You're ready to do what Hosea said and seek him until he comes. Bring me the meal. Oh, God, I'm seeking you today. Jesus, would you come? Jesus, would you come? I'm going to worship you in the middle of my struggle, in the middle of my battle. God, you're going to give me wisdom. You're going to give me knowledge and understanding and discernment. God, you're going to help me through it all. You're going to be my God. Oh, would you just come, sweet Jesus? Would you come? Oh, oh. Hallelujah. Hey. Maybe you've made some mistakes. Maybe there's some failures. Maybe some things you allowed to be put in the pot and you know it's wrong now. Today, you want to be able to get it out. All you got to do is call on the Lord. Call on the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Would you take a moment right where you are and let's just talk to the Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I thank you for your word today. God, I just believe today is a day of recovery. It's what you've called us to. God, there are some today, Lord, that got a pot of death, but you want to turn it around this morning. You want to turn it around. Lord, as they're willing to step out, Come to these altars. Would you let life invade? Let your life be made manifest. Let resurrection power come. Oh, let the bread of life be served up today. Meet us here, almighty God. Hallelujah. 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 Some are already coming. This morning, I believe... There's not a one of us in here exempt from having to deal with a pot of death. There's not a one of us in here exempt from having to deal with this pot of death. This pot of death that the enemy wants to sow wild gourds in. Maybe it's things that happened unintentionally in your life. 
maybe it's things that were completely out of your control, but somehow something or somebody shredded something in your spirit that has brought offense, something in your spirit that has grieved you, quenched the Holy Ghost in your life, something in your spirit's made you bitter. In the middle of it all, it's there, and if it stays there, it's gonna be, it's gonna bring death into your life. You do not have to leave here with that pot of death in your hands. The Lord is calling to you today. Step out. Step out. It's our men that are moving today. Hallelujah. It's our men, Brother Mo, that are moving today. It's our men, Brother Chad, that are moving today. It's our young men that are coming. What about our ladies today? Are there any that will say, I'm dealing with a pot of death, but today I'm getting it out of my life. Today, life is invading. Today, Jesus is going to have full control. Today, I'm going to leave with a joy in my heart again, a peace in my soul again, a strength in my life again. I'm going to leave knowing that Jesus is right in the middle of the pot of my life. Mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, Would you just slip your hands up? Come on right where you are. Right where you are. Would you just slip your hands up? Lord, we receive your life today. Lord, the things, the things that have brought death, we give them to you right now. Lord, we turn unto you with all of our heart with weeping and with fasting and with mourning. We rend our heart right now in this moment. Not our garments, Lord, we rend our hearts. Lord, would you meet us here? Would you meet us here? Hallelujah. 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 I'm confident this morning that for those that are willing to call out on the Lord today, He's going to breathe on you fresh. He's going to breathe on you life. He's going to breathe on you power for those that are willing to come. There's some husbands and wives that need to join hands and say, let's go together. We've dealt with this pot of death too long. Let's go together. There's some single men, single women that need to come together. Oh, are you hearing me? There's some young people that need to step out and make your way down here. There's some teenage young men teenage young ladies there's some families that need to come and bring their children and say we're getting rid of this pot of death we're throwing the bread of life in it today we're just waiting on the Holy Ghost we're waiting on From everlasting to everlasting I am. And yea, my mercy endures forever. Have I not called unto you again and again in my loving kindness? Have I not tarried with you long? 
Have I not seen you in the late hours of your soul with the pain and the hurt that you've endured? Have I not seen thee and extended unto thee my hands, my outstretched arms? I call unto you today, though you may be in struggle. I call unto you today, though you may be facing trouble. I call unto you today. Come unto me. Turn me not away. Look to nothing and no one else, but turn unto me. What the enemy has meant to destroy you and to be to your demise, in my hands I will build you up. In my hands I will restore you. In my hands I have life and life more abundant. I call unto you in this hour. I am the resurrection and the life. Yea, has it not been said that I am the bread of life? I call you now to come to me and eat of me and taste of me and let that of me Bring sweetness to your bitter soul. Run to me in this moment. And I, I alone will give you life this day. Thus saith the creator. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Thus saith Jesus Christ. The way, the truth, and the life. I want every person in this place that needs the life of Jesus to step out from where you are and find you a place in these altars. Come on, move now. Move now, move now. He's calling. Move now, come on. Pastor, I'm saved, I'm good. No, I'm talking to you too. Get out from where you are. Move now, move now, move now. Move now, move now. I need the life. I need the life. Oh, I need the life of Jesus. I need the life of Jesus. Some of you, the enemy has shredded things in your pot completely out of your control. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.